0: I'm Crystal Craven, a singer, a songwriter, and a worship leader who's passionate about sharing what God inspires, and this is your weekly devotional. All righty, well, let's jump in here. Uh, We will be reading from Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. It says, Now it came to pass, as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now this prayer is often titled the Lord's Prayer in most Bibles, and it's recited verbatim a lot of times, um, but this is the model of prayer that Jesus gave. Now this wasn't Jesus telling us exactly what words to say. Um, And we know this because of what verse one reveals, right? It was after Jesus saw Jesus or after uh, Jesus' disciples saw Jesus praying that they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So it wasn't that Jesus was saying these words and then says, oh, well, here's what I've been saying, right? Now, when a teacher teaches an academic concept, even in our Um, current education system they give examples of using that concept and so here it's no different Um, Jesus in teaching the disciples to pray gave in essence a model or an outline of prayer as he taught them now you've likely heard different um, like easy to remember acronyms such as ACTS which stands for adoration confession thanksgiving and supplication and these are modeled on this section of scripture. Um, and it's just put in this easy to remember acronym, right? But if we were to break down this model of prayer that Jesus gave us into, well, really a not so easy to remember, but a more detailed outline, it would look something more like this. It's five things. First one is reverence, and this is remembering and acknowledging. The Almighty God that we are praying to. And then submission, number two, which is just remembering um, that who we're praying to, we remember his sovereign will is good and we are submitting ourselves uh, to his will in the requests that we're making before him. And three, supplication, which is for our daily needs, you know, and the needs of other people who we pray for. And then four is forgiveness. And this is not only um, asking forgiveness for our own sins, but also remembering that we need to have forgiveness and a heart of forgiveness towards other people who sin against us. Now, this is the concept of what jesus had said in matthew 5 that if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that there's an issue that needs to be reconciled to first go and reconcile and then come back and offer your gift and then as well as jesus just plainly saying it in mark 11:25 when he said and whenever you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive him and number 5 is deliverance Although we know that God doesn't tempt anyone, right? James one thirteen tells us that very plainly. We do know that the Spirit does sometimes lead us places where we may be tempted, such as He did with Jesus in the wilderness in Luke chapter 4. And the disciples didn't have the added context that we do um, today, but in Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17.15, He said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So when we pray for deliverance, we are echoing Jesus' prayer for not being led into temptation, but to be delivered from the evil one and just being spiritually protected by the hand of our Father. Now, this week, we're going to um, dig in and focus on submission and forgiveness. Why, you might ask, those two ones? Um, well, simply because they tend to be aspects that um, we as Christians struggle with most. Okay, so submission. Think of a child who is told what they may or may not do, who then almost immediately defies their authoritative figure and does what they're not supposed to, right? It's innate from birth that being born is into a sinful state, submission really isn't a top priority or desire for us. So as new creations in Christ, we must fight the struggle of our flesh and submit ourselves over to the Lord. Now, submission to God in our head is really just a no brainer, right? We know that God is perfect. He's good. He knows all things. He's all powerful um, and so on, right? Yet it still seems to be a struggle sometimes in our hearts to fully relinquish control of everything to Him. Now remember in last week's devotional when we read about Martha and how she went to Jesus and told Him how she thought He should handle things. Would you say that she was submitted to Jesus' will in that moment? No. Well, I mean, she didn't know His will yet, right? Because she didn't even ask, Uh, But sometimes in prayer, we won't know what God's will is for a specific thing either. And that's where we need to have a heart that truly surrenders and can say, Lord, I have this request, but your will be done. And Jesus is no stranger to this aspect of prayer either. Remember the night of his arrest as he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray? Jesus prayed and asked the Father if He'd be willing to remove the cup from Him. Now that cup was His crucifixion and it was the picture of Jesus being poured out as a cup off, uh, offering according to the sacrifices that were laid out in law. And yet immediately after that request, He prayed in Luke twenty-two forty-two. 42, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is not asking us as his followers to do anything that he himself didn't do. And if Jesus, as the perfect son of God, submitted himself to the Father's will, shouldn't we do the same thing? Now, the next topic, and this I feel like is even harder than submission, is forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of those topics that it's usually very sensitive to most people. It's far easier to receive forgiveness than it is to give it. And in part, forgiveness really is impossible to give without God's help. Because we live in such a broken and sinful world that the sins that are committed against each other can be just downright brutal yet we don't find exclusions to the forgiveness that we're told to extend to other people for god forgiveness is a part of his very nature he is a loving and merciful god and as christians forgiveness should also be a practice in our lives in this model of prayer Jesus includes two practices of forgiveness, one which is asking God for forgiveness, and the other is forgiving others. And this model of prayer is presuming that our forgiveness of others has already been dealt with, right? As we're coming to the Lord and praying for His forgiveness of our own sins. The thing about forgiveness, though, is it's not like a light switch. It's more like a journey to quote my pastor Daniel Reagan on that in our journey through life we are in the process of sanctification you know which is a lifelong process so to think that any aspect of it has to be instantaneous is flawed only God can instantly forgive someone and truly have done it without any qualms surrounding it later so although we're currently being sanctified, we're not perfect until we're in heaven with Him. So we can't expect to be able to instantly forgive everything and never have like issues or feelings like there's still unforgiveness lingering. I mean, might some transgressions take a lifetime to completely forgive? You know, coming about when the author and finisher of our faith has completed us in Himself in the end? Maybe. But does that mean that you're not forgiving? No. It means that you're not perfect. And while your spirit longs to forgive like Jesus, your flesh is weak and it battles against your spirit. If your heart is to forgive and you're moving down that road, then you're moving in the right direction and therefore in the process of forgiving. And I think this is really important because I don't want you to get stuck thinking, "Oh, well, I can't ask God for forgiveness if I am not forgiving about this one thing or, you know, whatever it is" because if your heart is moving down in that right direction, you are in the process of forgiving. You can get forgiveness from God. And with forgiveness of our sins against God, the Bible tells us that God doesn't remember our sins. Right? He casts them as far as the East is from the West. Now this doesn't mean that he doesn't actually have any memory of it, right? God is all knowing, but the word for remember indicates taking an action over something. So when it says that God doesn't remember, it means he won't be taking action against us for our sins. And that's because Jesus already paid for them. But then likewise we shouldn't take a vengeful action towards our transgressors because the Bible says in Romans 12, 19, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So we need to release our transgressions to the one who has paid for our sins and their sins and we need to forgive them. Now, I pray that as you spend time in prayer with God that you would use Jesus' model of prayer and approaching the Father with a reverence being fully submitted to His will as you make your requests known to Him and having a heart to forgive others as you seek the forgiveness for your own sins and that reconciliation in your relationship with God and as you seek deliverance from the evil one. Blogs, written devotionals, and originally written songs, visit crystalcravenmusic.com. And that is Crystal with a K.